the free for all roundtable round two on round two today we have jason agnew news talk 1010 host especially the trivia show very popular part of a lot of people's sunday mornings uh pavin brach is here serial entrepreneur in marketing tech and real estate development and as we learned this week the guy who put the moo in milk containers and montreal radio commentator analyst dowson is here good to have you all and Good you know, let's, I'm, I'm looking at my menu here and trying to decide how to mix it up a bit. Um, one thing to talk about would certainly be tomorrow is the third anniversary of the declaration of the pandemic. And are you going to, you know, do anything to observe? I would personally prefer not having to think about this at all. I think that's probably a lot of people's instinct. But, you know, the pandemic took such a toll. Like I, I just went and checked the numbers. 50,000 people died of COVID in Canada. 8,000 or so in Quebec and about 5,000 in Ontario, you know, and it ha- and I got a couple of teenagers here who stayed home for two years and whose social lives were completely wiped out and who are still recovering. So I'm kind of glad that somebody's doing a commemoration in Toronto. I, I don't think there's a plan here in Montreal, but I, I think it's worth talking about it or thinking it through or not, not trying to pretend that everything's okay. Cause it's not, you know, people are still dying of COVID in the hospitals and it's still, going the rounds in certain circles. I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I think we have other viruses coming our way. It was a terrible period and we probably need to come to some conclusions and learn some lessons okay, from well, that awful period. Jason Ann makes a very persuasive case for why we should take stock. I'm still not convinced we need, uh, we need an art exhibit. No, that's where I was going, John. I heard about that art exhibit. Oh, why not, you like, guys? Why are Come you on. doing that? There is Come no on. need for that. There's really no need to look back on this. It's a, it was a weird time. And, and I mean, maybe, John, for, for people like you and I who did work through the whole thing. I mean, if you remember back, I was doing the overnight show at that time across Canada, and I had never been busier. So maybe I didn't get the full brunt of the pandemic. But regardless, it's not something I want to remember. And for people who did go through it worse than us it's definitely not something that they want to remember either so let's just move along here shall we all right pavin you can break the uh, the tie here <laughs> no i'm with you john celebrate by getting a booster if it's appropriate and let's move on we've got bigger fish to fry i don't want to think about it you know it's uh, i'm glad to be, i'm glad for some of the changes to how we uh, live and work and uh, and and i don't really want to think about it too much so david miller and we don't spend a lot of time on this because i only found out this morning he doesn't even live in toronto anymore it doesn't mean he couldn't come back to run uh but david miller was tweeting about toronto's budget yesterday and uh, jason i'll start with you on this one i thought okay why is the former mayor this preoccupied with an urban issue right now could he be running do you think he could have a second act after having lost I, I mean, he could run, but I don't think he'll have a second act, John. I mean, I'm the one who always comes on here and says, you know, we need that superstar. We need that name recognition. But the name recognition has to be in a good light. And I don't think that's the light that's really shone on David Miller and how he's remembered. And actually, I said after he lost, but if memory serves now, it was looking so grim. I don't think he even ran. Um, and like I say, Dowson, I don't know if you have a pony in this race because uh, you're not a Toronto taxpayer. No, but I have lots of friends who live in Toronto and I grew up there. Uh, and I'm still in touch with a lot of people who live, especially in the centre of the city. So, but I mean, I think it's hard for guys who have been, who have been in power to come back. It almost always uh, fails. So I think it's unlikely. But I mean, let the, let the best person win. Like, I hope it'll be a lively 
interesting, authentic mayoral race in Toronto. I mean, you guys are in many ways, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, the center of the country. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm hoping somebody steps forward and does a good job of it because I'm kind of sad to see what's happened in Toronto, the, the amount of poverty, the ugliness of the downtown. Like, I, I don't know. I just hope, you know, it takes off and it becomes real. You know, I hope people get involved and it becomes like a real race. Okay. And, and Pavan, I entirely agree. This is a race unlike any other because normally you have this overture and we've just gone to the third act. Yeah, well, it'll make Jerry Agar's candidacy look much better. Uh, that's for sure if he didn't run. <laughs> <laughs> you know, go, Jerry. Go, Jerry. No, I don't know. He, yeah, I, it, it's yesterday's news. He is. No disrespect to Mr. Miller. He did his thing, he, you know, but he didn't leave the city in great shape. He's not, you know, he's not viewed as a leader who can make tough decisions uh, uh, on, uh, on, on the issues that are challenging Toronto. And, we, you know, I'm, I'm even saying that John Tory could have done a lot, a lot more, so I'm not sure that David Miller would be uh, uh, any, any better. We need somebody that... Some strong executive experience, male or female, whatever shape or size, doesn't matter, but somebody who's ready to take action and, and leverage those strong mayor powers. And I don't think Mr. Miller's the guy. New report out says that uh, fire response times in challenged neighborhoods lags behind it, the response time in other neighborhoods. And, and like I say, Dowson, I really wish they could identify what the issues here are. I don't think it's that firefighters in a challenged neighborhood are indifferent to things. But I, you know, why is this happening? That's a, exactly. I read the copy and I was like, wait a second. What the heck's going on here? Are you trying to tell me that if you live in a in a you know relatively under-resourced neighborhood in the you know the west or the east end of the city, you're more likely to die or see your place go up in flames than if you live in I don't know Rosedale? Like, wait, what? What is happening here? It's completely unacceptable. Yeah, Jason, this is one of those times where it's like, okay, we we need some answers on this. It's not you, you documented something. Now find out why it's happening. Yeah, more reason would be great. But, John, I've been listening all morning and heard you say, you know, the high-rise complexes um, may very well be the key to this study. But I'm keen to hear more. Yep. Okay, Pavin, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. It, it has to be studied quickly, and, and we have to figure out what the issue is. And I think the other thing you, you mentioned earlier this morning was the fact that it's taking so long for, for 911 calls to be answered in the first place. And, I, you know, we had personal experience with that by the lake where our, our, our daughter was walking along uh, and was uh, accosted by somebody who was mentally ill and a bunch of other people had been as well. We called 911 because uh, she was in kind of attack mode, this lady was, and uh, we didn't get answered for three or four minutes. Wow. So I think we do have to look at, you know, um, not only the, the fire situation, but the 911 situation, because it, it was shocking, really. Uh, Canada's foreign affairs minister suggested that she was being spoken down to and that sexism was to blame when a conservative MP effectively said she was not up to the challenge of defying China. Let me start with uh, Anne Legacy Dowson again. Uh, you've been a woman in politics. Um, I, sometimes <laughs> I think we struggle to find, you know, somebody's just talking down to you because it's politics. Uh, do you see sexism here? I think it's quite possible. Like I, you know, that the Conservative Party has, you know, a little group of attack dogs. Uh, Pierre Poitiev was for the longest time the leader of that group, like super aggressive in question period, super aggressive in committees. You know, like I, I remember in the days when Pierre Poitiev was a backbencher, the number of women MPs, liberals and NDP MPs came forward and said, you know, Mr. Speaker, could you please stop this guy? from going after us and interrupting us when we're trying to speak. So there's a bit of a history there. 
I think it's quite possible that that guy Cooper is just, you know, trying to keep that tradition up. And I, and I think we have made in a very difficult spot. Like, I don't think this guy Cooper is really very helpful. And I think maybe those guys, you know, the, Conservative caucus needs to just uh, back off a bit on that stuff. Okay, Jason, if nothing else, it's been an opportunity to revisit some vintage audio, including uh, the former finance minister calling Sheila Cops. What did he say? He said, pipe down baby. baby. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, this is not that. Uh, this isn't, that's a totally different level. Uh, you know, all you see uh, when you see these clips, though, is a bunch of jawjacking going back and forth. So I just kind of think it's par for the course. If people are offended, I think they can get offended offended at a variety of different things. That seems to be what we do now in 2023 is get offended. Although, Pavan, it is true. I think people take advantage of race, sexuality, and gender uh, in trying to talk people down. Like quite frequently in the States, for example, Pete Buttigieg, people sort of nod and wink because he's gay, that maybe he's not up to a job. And it has nothing to do with his on-the-job performance. Yeah, it's completely inappropriate and uh you know ridiculous um but um you know i would i would also say that you know the problem gets inflamed when people start to 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 use things like this as a reason why you know to start to make claims that i don't think are entirely accurate i mean it it really kind of you know when they start calling out this kind of stuff the way they are right now in terms of saying that that he was being sexist in his remarks i think it just inflames and makes it makes the whole situation worse i mean everybody knows that china is not intimidated by canada they're not intimidated by Canada's foreign minister and, and and the fact that she's female really doesn't matter. So, you know, I think it's sad. Michael Cooper is a particularly noxious individual in my opinion. <laughs> okay. I don't think yeah. he's gonna I don't think he's gonna help the conservatives one little bit, you know, by having this guy on. If you Google him, you'll see a lot of stuff that happened with his with his fellow law graduates around racism, etc. So I mean I, I won't get into it, but uh, he's not uh, he's not somebody who I think is going to appeal to the broad population. So I, it's not a it's not a smart play if they want to get rid of Justin. Blue Jays fans have made a rather interesting list where they are the fifth least annoying baseball fans. Jason, I'll defer to you on this one because you actually sent me a picture this morning of yourself in a Blue Jays outfit at a Blue Jays game. It is a tracksuit, John. It is a, a tracksuit, a tracksuit, <laughs> a tracksuit that is baby blue, complete with Blue Jays logos and a bow tie on it. Thank you very much. I think we written this. So that means we're the fifth least annoying. That's like the twenty-fifth most annoying. We have got to up our game. Here is what we've got to do as Jays fans to get on opposing players' teams. No, in, in reality, though, the Blue Jays environment is is really nice to go down to. I mean, I travel to go watch the Jays all over the place. And yeah, Yanks fans and Red Sox fans really get up in the grills of other teams. Just imagine how much less we would be annoying. Probably number 30 at this point if we just got rid of OK Blue Jays, because that in itself, you know, pops us up the list of being annoying. Okay. And then, like I say, Dowson, in all of this, you and I can just lament the fact that the Montreal Expos don't exist anymore. It's so sad. It's really (laughs) too bad. Actually, I I kind of I kind of envy sports fans because you can just just blow off a lot of steam, you know, backing your team and attacking the other dudes, and it's it's safe. And I actually, I just wanted to say I'm glad a tracksuito is nothing like a speedo. I, I don't. I got. I have a brocini <laughs> as well, and I posted photos when I was on vacation. Yikes. What should we What should we You're wear fine. if we want to help them win? All right. Well, we'll tweet out the picture and Instagram the picture of your tracksedo but uh, i'm glad we're out of time as soon as you get into mankinis 
I'm done. Anyway, I say Dowson, Pavan Brach, and Jason Agnew. Jason's back on Sunday morning. I'm back on Monday. Have an amazing weekend. Jerry Yegar is next. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.